0: And when he had given him permission, Paul, standing on the stairs, motioned to the people with his hand. And when there was a great hush, he spoke to them in the Hebrew dialect, saying, Brothers and fathers, hear my defense for which I now offer to you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew dialect, they became even more quiet, and he said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Sicilia but brought up in this city educated under Gamaliel strictly according to the law of our fathers being zealous for god just as you are today acts 21:40 and 22 verses 1 to 3 Right, yeah. Sometimes my fat fingers uh, hit extra buttons on the board, and you get a little bit of bonus audio. But that's okay. That's all right. Welcome to the Legion of Michael. Thank you very much. And you're going to have to forgive my pronunciation of uh, old New Testament cities: Cicil- Cilicia, uh, Tarsus of Cilicia. And he studied, and he was educated under Gamaliel not Gamaleo, Gamaleo. some of these things sound like Star Wars names but anyway uh that was from the Acts of the Apostles and we're talking about the Apostle Paul and welcome to the Legion of Michael and thank you once again for showing your support for the show whether you showed support by well sharing this with someone yeah you're like you keep saying that Paul it's almost like you want to spread the word of God I know it's crazy it's crazy Uh, Thank you for supporting us financially. Thank you for going to legionofmichael.com and signing up to take the training. So we're going to talk about, uh, I've been reading the Acts of the Apostles. I've been reading Acts. I've been reading Romans and reading about my namesake, Paul, uh, formerly Saul, which me and uh, Paul means little or small or diminutive. I know. I know. So what was going on here now we talked about this a couple of weeks ago we talked about how Paul uh, even though his his followers and his friends were like don't go we've been warned we have been warned that if you go to Jerusalem that the Jews are going to turn on you and they're going to arrest you so we're imploring you please don't go and he said no I, I have to I have to go it, it's it's my calling and he did now Paul wasn't just some schmuck off of the street. He wasn't just some beggar or or barbarian or whatever. Before he became Paul, he was Saul. And when he was Saul, he was a devout Jew. He was even a Pharisee. When he's testifying to the governor, to the Roman governor, and even before Caesar, he's like, look, dudes, uh, this ain't my first rodeo. I don't, I don't think Paul said it ain't my first rodeo, but he knew the Old Testament, the Torah, the scrolls. He knew the, the words of the prophets of Isaiah and Elijah, you know, going all the way back. All of these prophets that are in the Torah, they're in what we call the Old Testament. Now, if you were a faithful Jew, if you were a Pharisee or a leader of the Jewish people, you should know. You were supposed to know. The words of all, the, you know, Ezekiel and Isaiah and Joshua, and and you're going all the way back to Solomon and David, because David foretold the birth of the Messiah, okay? And then all the way down through there. So what Paul did when he became Paul, he was Saul, but when he became Paul, after he was struck down um, by lightning or by light, Uh, by the light of God on the road to Damascus, he went, and he went all over the countryside preaching the word of God and proclaiming the the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he was able to do that because he knew, because of his background. See, that's one of the reasons that God chose him. He's like, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He's like, who are you? He goes, I'm Jesus Christ. I'm the one you're persecuting. Stop it. But you see, Saul was able to speak to the Hebrews, to speak to the Jews in a language that they could understand. He was not an outsider. He was one of them. It wasn't like there was a a Galatian or a Thessalonian or an Ephesian or an Egyptian cruising on into Jerusalem saying, Hey, all you Hebrew folk, listen to me. I'm going to tell you about your Messiah. No, Paul was one of them. It's not like they didn't know who this guy was. He was raised around them. He was a devout Jew. He was a Pharisee. He knew the Old Testament. He knew the Torah. He knew the scriptures inside and out. And so what he did is he used those. He used the words of the prophets. He reminded the Jews, hey, remember what Isaiah said? Remember what Elijah said? And you know, so on and so forth. Remember what King David said? Yet, in spite of that, instead of listening to the truth, instead of listening to facts, he presented them with truth, with facts. He presented them with their own words, the words of their own prophets that they claimed to revere. You know, In public, they're like, oh, yes, oh, you know, uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah and, and, you know, David, you know, David, our father. Well, you know, they, they claimed to revere these people. And then, when Paul says, Well, here's what they said. This is what Isaiah said about the coming Messiah, about the line, the lineage, straight down from David. And he came, and he was here, and he was amongst you. And you need to believe in him because that's the only way to repentance and a life hereafter. But instead, what did they do? They hardened their hearts. And they turned on him. They turned on him. And I know many of you in our, I wanted to talk about this dealing with hardened hearts. Many of you in our modern era are experiencing this. You say, you know, I try, whether it's from a biblical standpoint or a faith standpoint or from a secular standpoint, you say, Paul, I pay attention. I'm educated, I, I question things, I don't just accept what I'm told, I question it. And then I have friends or neighbors or family members, I have family members, and I present them with truth and fact and logic, and they reject it. They won't believe As a matter of fact, the more truth and logic and facts I present them with, the harder their hearts become and the more angry they become because they don't want to hear it. That's exactly what Paul was dealing with in Jerusalem. He presented them with what should have been obvious facts because they claim to be faithful Jews. They claim to be faithful men of the, you know, of God. And yet when he gave them this, when he spoke to them in their own tongue. Like I said, that he didn't just come cruising out of Egypt and say, Hey, listen up, Jews, I'm gonna tell you what's all about. No, he was one of them. And yet they rejected him. And that not only did they reject him, but they planned his murder. They planned and plotted to assassinate him. They sent men to well, they had men make up stories and create lies. They went to the Roman magistrates and they lied about Paul, because their heart their hearts were hard, and I can only imagine how he felt. I can only imagine how the the disciples and the apostles at that time felt. They're like, guys, we're, it's right there. It's in our those big scroll looking things that you know every every Saturday or you know every Sabbath we pull those out and we go up in front and and we have somebody read them. Remember those? Are those words meaningless? Do they mean nothing? Are those just empty words that we repeat over and over again but we don't hear them? They have ears but they don't hear. They have eyes but they don't see. And their hearts are hard. And it's tough. It is tough when your eyes are open, when your ears are open to hear and to listen, when your eyes are open and you can see what's right there in front of you. It's difficult to deal with these people. I know it is. I know that it's tough. I feel your frustration, especially when their hearts are so hard that it's not that they don't want to believe it, but they want to turn on you. They want to turn on the messenger. They attack the messenger because they don't want to hear it they don't want to hear it the secularists the satanists the 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 disciples of satan have decided that the month of june is the month where they will worship their worship sin they will worship immorality and adultery and they will encourage you to keep silent if not to worship Adultery, and immoral behavior. But to keep silent. And I've talked to some people who who are uh, they claim to be faithful people. They claim to be Christians. And one one man said to me, he said, "Well, I don't know that, you know that that homosexuality is a sin." I said, "You don't." He's like, "No." I mean, I said, "Okay." Well. Who told you that it's not? Who told you that it's okay? And, you know, he's, he kind of thought, of, you know, he's like, well, you know, the, just they, there are some gay people that are good people. And I said, okay, what is good? You know, okay, so they're, you say that they're good. That is your your judgment as a man, as a human. You're, as a human, you say that, well, this person, they're homosexual. They're sodomite, but they're a good person. Good based on what? Your human definition of good. On your human definition of good or good based on your heavenly father's definition of good? You say, well, you, and some people say, well, culture, you know, has our, our society and our culture has accepted it.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Man,
0: I tell you what. You say, well, and this person said to me, well, I don't know where in the B- <laughs> I don't know where in the Bible it says you're not supposed to be homosexual. I was like, wow. Uh, these are the, the people that's, that that they, they claim the the title or they embrace the title to be you know, Christian and and that's nice, but they they have no foundation. they have no root. They're like the seeds that the sower threw out. You know, the sower threw out the seeds. And these people, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. And you're like, so, and you endorse the sin of homosexuality, uh, of sodomy. You you think that's okay? Well, I mean, I don't see why it's wrong. You're not hurting anybody. Mm. God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our hearts. He knows our nature. And he said, don't do that. And there, you know, I'm not going to spend. Uh, this is this whole entire show isn't going to be about the immorality of, of sodomy and, and adultery and so forth. But, ladies and gentlemen, you know, people like that. You say I, you could pull out. You could go to, and that's a great thing about the internet. Even though the internet was uh, uh, is is a tool used by evil men and evil women. But if you go to BibleHub.com or you know uh, one of the various ones, and you just put in quote, you just type in sodomy, or type in Sodom and Gomorrah, or type in whatever, you'll find numerous passages, not just one, but numerous passages where God forbid it, and he's like, no. He destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of that behavior. Christ said it will be more tolerant in the day for Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be for that city. If you go to that city and you preach my gospel and they reject you, and send you away on the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that city. Think about that. You say, so it will be more tolerable, meaning the punishment for that city that rejected my message is going to be worse than fire and brimstone coming down from the sky and consuming the city. And there was not one living creature left alive in Sodom or Gomorrah. So that's saying something. Christ is like, look, go out and spread the message. Throw the seeds. You are the sower. Go out and throw out those seeds. Send them out there. And if they say, we don't want to hear it, we don't like you, get out of here. Say, cool. Peace out, bitches. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Peace out, hippies. And shake the sandal, shake the dust off of your sandals because it will be more tolerable in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be for that city on the day of judgment. It's pretty powerful. You're going to encounter hardened hearts, it's reality. Paul did it, Peter did it, all of the apostles encountered hard hearts. And what was most frustrating from them is the people who should have had open and receptive hearts oftentimes were those who had the most hard hearts, the ones who rejected the message, the one who the message was originally brought for, they rejected it. But the good news, that's what the gospel means, right? Gospel means good news. The good news is that you as the sower as the sower of God's word, you're you're putting the seeds out there, man. But you don't have to make the seeds grow. It's not your responsibility to make the seeds grow. It's just your responsibility to sow them. It's your responsibility to plant the seeds. And some seeds are going to fall on hardened hearts, and they will not receive them. And they will reject you. And you're going to feel frustrated. You're going to be like, man, I'm giving you the good news. I'm giving you something for free here that is going to save your soul. It's going to improve your life and save your soul, and you don't want it. And they say, no, we don't want it. Then kick the dust off your sandals. You did your job. As long as you can go before your father and listen to his words, if he will say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's all. He he didn't say, Christ didn't say, well, when you come before your father, he's going to say, how many people did you convert? Did you convert one, five, a 100, a 1,000? Because if you only converted one or two, you're not getting in. That's not what he said. (laughs) That's not what he said. He expects you to use the talents that you have been given. In two Gospels, two separate Gospels, Christ tells a story of the talents. And not all of us have the same talents. Some have the talent for 10, some have the talent for 5, some have the talent for 1. But all of us have talents nonetheless. What he expects of you is to be a good and faithful servant. didn't say, well, hey, it's, this is not a Ponzi scheme, it's not a pyramid scheme. You don't don't get into heaven based on the number of people that you converted. You get in based on your behavior and your faith. And if you can look him in the eye and say you did your best. I spread the word. I was the sower and I threw out the seeds. And not all of them are going to take root and there's nothing you can do about that. I know it's frustrating. It's maddening because you want 100%. You know, if you're a gardener and you plant seeds, you want 100% of those plants to grow. That's your goal, right? Sometimes it doesn't happen, though. Often it doesn't happen. You know, I know people who garden and they plant seeds, and if they can get 75 to 80% of the seeds to grow, they call that a success. You know, they got 85% seed growth. They're happy. That's good. That's a success. So Paul had to deal with it, and Paul was one of them. If Paul was one of them and spoke in their own language, he gave them the message, and they rejected it with hardened hearts. Why should you be any different? But fear not, because it's not your responsibility to change men's hearts. If their hearts are hard, that's not your responsibility. It's your responsibility to spread the seeds to set the example, and to preach the word. That's your job. So I know it's difficult. I understand. I I perfectly understand that it is hard. It is difficult. You know, when you you give out the message, you think, man, I'm giving out the good message here. How is not everyone taking it? I don't understand. And you can get frustrated. But did Paul quit? And see, that's the last thing I'm going to say to you guys. That's the last topic we're going to talk about here is, so... When Paul encountered these hardened hearts, when he spoke to them in their own language, when he referred to their own prophets, he's like, don't listen to me. Listen to Isaiah, Jeremiah, Elijah. Listen to what they said. Listen to the words of King David. Don't don't listen to me. Don't take my word for it. (laughs) How many times have you said that? Don't take my word for it. Take the words of Isaiah, of Elijah, of Jeremiah, of Joshua. Take their word. And if they still rejected it, now what Paul could have done is he could have said, "You know what? I did my best. I tried. Uh, I gave them the message. They rejected it. And so, why am I beating my head against the wall? Why am I beating my head against the wall trying to convert these people? I'm forget it. I'm done. No, he moved on." He's like, okay, if you won't accept the word, fine. I will go and I will tell the Greeks and I will tell the Romans and I will tell the Asians and the Egyptians. I will go wherever God sends me and I will tell the message. Just because you rejected it, sorry for you. That's that's your own bad luck. It's going to be bad luck for you. He didn't quit. And I don't want you to quit either. If you encounter hardened hearts... People reject the message. They will not listen. They refuse to listen. Take a deep breath and move on. Don't quit. There's always someone else who needs to hear it. There's always someone else that you can minister to. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that brings me to the end. I'm going to give. I'm going to give you guys a little caveat here. Uh, thank you for listening, and thank you for being out there. Uh, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, a couple of shows ago, if you're listening to these on the day that they come out, when they're fresh and new, this, this will matter to you. If you're listening to them in, in the future sometime, it's not that big of a deal, but I know a lot of you folks out there do wait, um, for each new episode to be dropped. Our lives are going to be, uh, exceedingly busy. um, I'm going to be exceedingly busy. There's going to be a lot. I'm going to. Be, I explained to a good friend of mine. He said, "Hey, you want to do this, this?" And I said, "Dude, I'm going to be a moving target for the next couple of months or so." Uh, God has uh, inspired and called me to move, to move um, to another place, and there's going to take it's going to take a lot of physical and mental effort to get that all done. So if I'm not able to get to this microphone uh, immediately every Sunday, Monday. Uh, you'll have to forgive me. I'll do my absolute best. But until then, and if, if you, uh, you want to pray for my successful endeavors, I would appreciate that as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's engage in, in uh, prayer. Let's engage in the warrior's prayer together. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and the skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.